This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Today, we're talking with career coach and author John Tarnoff. John has had many and varied careers himself. He was a Hollywood studio production executive and the founder and developer of a dot-com company in the 1990s. When the dot-com bubble burst, John went back to school to earn an MA in spiritual psychology, and he reinvented himself as an educator and career coach. He developed a creative innovation program for DreamWorks Studio, and now he's co-running the Entertainment Industry Management Graduate Program for Carnegie Mellon University in Los Angeles. John's book is named after his Boomer Reinvention Career Coaching Program, which supports late career baby boomers. John, I'm excited about your new book, Boomer Reinvention, How to Create Your Dream Career Over 50. And I'm also fascinated to learn about your own career. It sounds to me like you've had lots of interesting phases, including some real ups and downs. And I'd really have you, really like to have you share some of that story with us. But first, would you just um, give us a, um, a quick intro into what Boomer Reinvention is all about. Sure. Well, Bev, thanks, first of all, for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the book. And the, the reason I wrote the book is because, as I say in the book, I realized at a certain point along the line, particularly in the wake of the 2008-2009 recession, that I really can't afford to retire. And I am not alone. Uh, when I started to do a little bit of research on this, I realized that the majority of the baby boomer generation, those of us born between 1946 and 1964, through a combination of perfect storms and frankly, some inattention on our part, mm -hmm. undersaved for retirement. And um, you know, in the wake of the recession, we're in a new economic normal uh, where uh, even though many of us have recovered a lot of the value that we lost uh, in the recession, uh, we're, we're never really going to be able to rely exclusively on that combination of nest egg, uh, company pension, and social security that was the original vision for the retirement system as it was set up in the 1930s. So what are we gonna do? Uh, that was really the question. If we're if we're going to have to keep working, how are we going to do it? Because there are a lot of factors out there in our culture and our economy that are mitigating against us remaining in the workforce. So it seemed to me that the way to go about this was to dig deep, reinvent ourselves, try to figure out some best practices for us to use in going forward and sustaining our careers beyond where society and the economy think we should stop. 
Well, it really sounds like um, you figured out some formulas, and the first client you had in figuring it out was yourself. Um, That's right. You started off in one direction and then went to lots of directions. You want to kind of um, share the course of the career, the way you described it in the openings of your book? Sure, sure. Well, well, I, I'm a, I call myself a recovering film studio executive, and uh, I spent most of my career in Hollywood uh, working for the uh, the film studios as a producer and an in-house uh, production executive, um, as well as a kind of a sabbatical or a walkabout in the 1990s in technology, uh, where I had a tech startup that I uh, that I began in the mid 90s and then rode that up through the the bursting of the dot com bubble in 2001, and that was really my wake up call. Um, even though I had reinvented myself a number of times uh, in in my career up to that point. I mean, that's that that really is to be expected in an entertainment industry career. Mm-hmm. It's a very volatile uh, business that is uh, very up and down. So you even if you kind of go to work for a for a large corporation, you expect that there's going to be some ups and downs and some changes in politics. And you know, you find yourself on the street as much as you find yourself, uh, you know, in the in the executive suite. So um, I was used to this idea of changing jobs, but when my startup tanked, I really hit a wall and I really didn't know what it was that I was going to do next. And I didn't feel like I had the traction to go back to those production executive jobs that I had had in the 1980s and the early 90s. And I didn't quite know what to do. So I decided to kind of bet the farm on going back to school uh, and I went back to school to earn a degree in counseling psychology uh, and pivoted not to necessarily a career as a psychologist, but to a career that was much more focused on people and ultimately on training. And it surprisingly drew me back into the entertainment business. And I worked for most of the 2000s at DreamWorks Animation, but not doing the kind of work that I had done previously in the business. Uh, again, this was much more focused on people initiatives, training, school outreach, and internal education. So it was a lot of career development uh, work that I was doing. And my psychology skills really served me very well. And then it really got to the point where I became so focused on this idea of education and training that it, it really led me out of DreamWorks into the work that I do now. Kind of by day, I, I co-run a graduate program in Los Angeles in the entertainment management area for uh, Carnegie Mellon University. But then starting in 2012, when I started thinking about the boomer phenomenon, this, uh, this, this career dilemma that we were all in, I began uh, coaching uh, people about uh, how to reinvent their careers and speaking and writing about it. And that ultimately led to the book. I think that some people um, are thinking about their own careers, their maybe later life careers, and the need to earn more money or, or have more fun, whatever it is. And they're thinking of um, thinking of it as their problem. But the statistics are really um, painting a picture, aren't they, about how life is going to be different for, for people in their 60s and beyond. Right. Well, uh, I mean, as I said, the, the statistics are that we don't have enough money saved to to retire. Uh, Social Security is not going to give us anywhere near the uh, the support for our lifestyle. 
So there's going to be some kind of a mix. I mean, I think, uh, you know, some people have something socked away. Uh, some people do have pensions still, although that's, uh, you know, the, the, the pensions that our, our parents' generation had are long gone. Um, so there are lots of different formulas that we're going to be able to uh, work with here. But at, at the core, you, know, you said something uh, about having fun. That, that's not such an idle idea. Uh, and I think by fun, I like to talk about this idea of meaning and purpose. The idea that uh, as we get older, as we have developed a certain amount of life experience, we naturally gravitate towards work and uh, avocation, preoccupation with what gives us meaning and purpose. Because we're on the, we're on the, the final curve here of life. And we want this to have been worth something for us. I think we want to all think about legacy. Um, you know, for those of us who've had kids, the kids are likely uh, either out of the house, uh, hopefully, uh, or or they're kind of still at home trying to get out of the house or they're in college. Um, and uh, we want to leave something for them uh, as well as uh, be able to go out with a sense that uh, we fulfilled our own expectations. So when we're thinking about our careers, the next phase of our career, um, we're not just thinking about the money, even though that is a factor and how much a factor varies from person to person. But career is a much bigger word than maybe we thought of it when we were starting out. It really is the, the picture of what we do with our time and our energy and all the learning and experience we've had that brought us to here. That our career includes nonprofit activities and continued learning and the whole thing. That's what you're talking about, isn't it, when you're talking about career? Sure. I think it's, it's, uh, it's more than the job. It's more than what you do to earn money. Um, and I guess to kind of jump right into what I talk about in the book, the book is really based on two overarching principles. The first one is that the, the job or the career that you want is not outside yourself. It's not at the end of a job posting. Uh, it's not trying to fit yourself into someone's idea of what they think they want um, in an employee or a partner or a, or a business startup or whatever it is. It really is already inside you. And if you've been on the planet for you know, 50, 60 years, you have a pretty good sense when you think about it, about what you like doing, what you're good at, um, you know, how you want to get up and live your life every day. Uh, and you're probably more kind of attached to honoring that part of yourself than you are to slaving away for someone else's vision uh, when they probably don't have as good a sense of their vision as you do of yours. So it's time to, again, honor that inner vision that you have for who you are, what you want to do, how you want to get up every morning. And then the second part of the equation to me, the second overarching principle, is that in order to create the future, you have to reconcile the past. And this is something that I think is unique to those of us who have lived, again, you know, four, five, six decades on the planet. We have baggage, right? Yeah, it's normal yeah. to expect that we've, we've had some dust-ups in our lives and our careers, 
that we may still feel badly about. And whether it's a, um, a deal that went south, uh, a relationship that, uh, that turned sour, um, getting fired, uh, you know, a, a toxic relationship at work, whatever it is that is kind of sticking in your craw about the past and about your history, uh, some of it may be anger and resentment at others. Some of it may be self-recrimination about decisions that you made. Whatever it is, this is the time to reconcile it, to accept the fact that the past is the past. You did the best you could do. You learned a lot of lessons, and it's time to move on. Because if you bring those bad vibes into a job interview, an investor meeting, any encounter where you are trying to promote this next chapter in your career, they're gonna read you. They're gonna see there's something amiss and they're gonna pass because at this point, they're kind of expecting you to have your blank together. And if you come in any less than clear, charged up, focused, um, and in acceptance, then you're sunk. That's such an important point. And, and we see that as coaches, don't we? We're, we're talking with somebody who is struggling about something in their current job. And as we listen, we, we hear that they're really operating out of anger and frustration or disappointment about things that happened in a different place and time. And it's, th- it's time to stop playing the blame game, whether it's blaming ourselves or blaming others. It really is time to take 100% responsibility for not for for you know other people's actions, but about what we can do stepping forward in the next moment to properly plan and strategize our own careers. So the book provides a sort of a roadmap or a structure for people who want to move forward. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Right. Well, I, I started talking about this in 2012 when I began the whole process. I was asked to do a TEDx talk uh, on the theme of transformation. And I'd worked for these people before. This was uh, uh, people coming out of the Long Beach Community Foundation. I had done a keynote for them, I think, about six months earlier, and they were organizing this TEDx talk. And and uh, they invited me to speak. And I said, do you want me to talk about the transformation that's going on in the entertainment business with digital and all the disruption. And they said, no, you can talk about whatever you want. And for some strange reason, I still can't quite figure it out. I decided to talk about the boomer generation. And I guess I had been doing some reading about people who were being buffeted around after the recession. And I came up with this idea of five reinvention steps. And it was really drawing a lot on my own experience, having had 18 jobs over um, over uh, 35 years in uh, in the entertainment business up to that point, and um, uh, trying to blend that with the work that I learned uh, in my psychology um, master's degree program, and it, it follows some of the stuff I've been talking about today. This idea that you you have to start through reconciliation, and the first three steps of the five steps are about reconciliation. Uh, reframing your mindset about who you are, what you can do, how the world works, uh, listening to other people for their feedback to really build a sense of how you're perceived um, and using that as kind of research for for what you're going to do next. Um, and then this all-important accepting piece of it, which is 
to uh, to finally uh, uh, clear the air and uh, and bring yourself back to square one. So you're you're ready to start with a beginner's mind. And then the fourth step, which I call the expressing step, is about expressing that inner career, that idea that the career is inside you, uh, to figure out what that is, to workshop that, to use all sorts of behavioral tools and imagining tools, visioning tools, uh, writing, uh, visual uh, uh, mind maps and stuff like that, to figure out what that is. It's the, it's the longest part of the process. You want to give yourself time to figure this out. Don't jump at the first thing that, that comes to mind. Don't think that just because you always wanted to go back to finish your law degree or to uh, to start that pizza parlor or uh, the nail business or whatever it is that you you've you've held for so many years consider it first before you jump because you may have actually moved on from there this is a problem that a lot of people uh, mistake that a lot of people make is jumping into the first thing that that they think they want to do and then finally the fifth step is the connecting step which is about how do you do that in yeah. the world how do you how do you actually uh, get a job or how do you actually start a business and it's about people it's not about uh, submitting your resume uh, that doesn't work anymore it's about building a network of people who are like-minded who get you uh, and um, and figuring out how to get referred to an investor source or a job opening or really to build relationships with people who who may not actually have a job until they meet you and decide, oh my God, you're the perfect person to help us get over this problem that we barely knew we had. And now that we've met you, we understand you can be of enormous value to our organization. That's how I got the job at DreamWorks. There was no, there was no job posting for what I ended up doing. I was really developing relationships over there and they figured out that what I brought to the table was something that they needed at that particular point in time. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University is having an impact today while providing innovative education for tomorrow's leaders. The master's program in public administration and environmental studies leads students to greatness in nonprofit, environmental, public sector, and government settings. Learn to lead at the Voinovich School. We're now accepting applications. Information is available at ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. like chapter 14 particularly in, in Boomer Reinvention because it, it's just full of practical information about connecting. And I, I, I think you made the point so well that there are all kinds of things that we can do to get it ourselves ready to find our next phase, to envision our career, to shape it in our minds. But it, it comes to nothing if we don't connect, if we don't connect with our friends, with the marketplace. And you had lots of practical tips there. Um, including uh, digital tips. Yes, yes. Well, we live in a digital world, and uh, I think boomers get a bad rap for not being very technically adept. I think that's specious. I think that we are, after all, the 
generation that invented the digital world. Uh, in all of I, I, people say, well, you know, digital natives are where it's at. People who grew up with technology. I like to think of ourselves as digital founders because we started this whole thing. So we have the advantage of living, having lived in both worlds, of understanding what the analog world uh, was like and what the advantages of the analog world are. And we also understand or should be able to understand uh, the digital world. And I say should be able to understand because I think a lot of people that I meet go, oh, you know, I'm just not as savvy with all of this technical stuff as the kids are. And I say to them, look, you can learn this stuff in about five or 10 minutes if you if you really just just shed those biases. A lot of it's attitude, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's back to reframing. It's the first step in the five-step process. Reframe your idea of who you are, what you can do, what you're able to do, um, what you're able to learn. Uh, reframe this idea that you're not technical. Um, you know, uh, technology has been made increasingly easy over the last 20 years. I mean, in, in, when we started out in the 80s, we had to have a instruction manual for every new piece of software because they all work differently. Today, they all work the same. So if you kind of learn the basics of of uh, how to navigate in your internet browser, you can pretty much figure everything out yourself. So All right, not- so so let's say you have a client who has is thinking about a next career, maybe it's a mix of um, paid work and nonprofit work. They've got a pretty good picture, but they just don't have a clue about how to start the connecting process. And when you say get savvy about digital, then you really get a blank look. How do you, where do you start? What are the, what are some early steps and what does connecting really mean? Well, it, it, it may sound like I'm, I'm delivering a commercial, but I'm really not. And, and the, the thing that I advocate for people going in and I work on this with clients pretty much out of the gate uh, in, in most instances is taking a look at the LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn is an amazing tool. Uh, I'm not on their payroll. I just think it really is the right tool for the right time to help us affect this connection. And you know, people say, well, I got to rewrite my resume. And the resume is fine. And I, I, I'm not against people having resumes. But LinkedIn is your actual digital era resume. And more than just a listing of job positions and skills, it gives you the opportunity to create an actual narrative of your life and to position yourself in the way you want to be seen now moving forward. And it gives you an opportunity to to really structure your past accomplishments as a portfolio and each position should lead to your current offering. And your current offering is not the last job that you had. Uh, a lot of times people say to me, you know, this is a common refrain. Uh, I'm being told that I'm overqualified for the jobs that I'm applying for. And this frustrates a lot of people because they feel that there is tremendous injustice perpetrated on older workers. And they're not wrong. But at the same time, Think about it. If you're applying to the same job that you got booted from, when did you get that job? You know, at least five, probably 10 years ago, maybe even longer. Maybe you've been working in the same in the same function, the same role for a couple of decades. Well, if you're the hiring manager, then you're going to want to hire someone like you 
when you first got the job. So 20 years younger and probably, you know, thousands of dollars cheaper. You need to upgrade your sense of who you are, what you can do, what you can offer. You need to dig deeper to figure out with all of this experience and all of this, all of these skills, uh, all of these, uh, you know, deals that you've done, uh, you know, all the accomplishments from your career, how can you put that to work now to provide value to someone for the future? TV Guide magazine, remember TV Guide? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's going to encapsulate the entire experience of that, of that program. So it's kind of like a haiku. And uh, I think that the LinkedIn profile, the opening of that summary paragraph is the high concept. And I work very long and hard with people about coming up with the right first sentence or the, you know, by extension, the right first three sentences in that summary to really concentrate the value that they provide, the experience that they're drawing from, uh, uh, that and make it instantly and attractively understandable to a potential uh, employer, uh, a potential client, a potential ally, a vendor. Uh, anyone who reads that profile needs to be instantly drawn in. And if they're right, they're right. If they're not right, they're going to move on anyway. But you want to give them that opportunity to really connect with you. So um, LinkedIn is is important as an amazing um, connecting machine, but it's also important as a process, the process of coming up with that intense, brief, right-on-target statement. But aside from LinkedIn, which is is really important. You can't do it all digitally. I, you have to have real people there in your network, and you have to find a way to connect with all of them, don't you? Absolutely. But I, I just want to say something about about LinkedIn to, to really to really get the abstract out of out of it, which is that um, it, it's not about LinkedIn the platform. It's about LinkedIn the process. It's about the idea that here is a a tool that gives you the opportunity to better understand who you are at this point in your life and your career, and to really discipline you to refine that message. Because that's the message that you're going to be using not only in your LinkedIn profile, but it's going to be the message you use when you meet people in real life. You go out, you start networking, you start meeting with people, you start putting forward your value proposition. Very often, if you're going to be reinventing yourself, it takes a while to decouple from the identity that you are bringing in from your previous life, your previous job. And very often, if you're coming out of having worked at a company for, you know, 10, 20 years, it's a very painful process to detach from that old mindset. You know, you're, you're sacrificing a lot. You're, you're leaving behind the people that you sat next to and worked with and and uh, had holiday parties with and outings and, you know, families got together. I mean, you know, the workplace is a very, very significant part of your life. Now you're reinventing that. You're, you're setting off into new territory. Uh, you want to be confident about the identity that you're projecting 
as you are meeting new people uh, or uh, really re-educating the people that you already know about where you're headed. Because what you may find is that by going back to the people that you know in your, in your contact database and saying, you know, here's my program going forward. And here are the ABCs of why and how I'm going to do it and, and also why it makes so much sense to me and why I'm so enthusiastic about it. And they may say to you, oh, wow, I had no idea that this is what you were doing. Did you know that I know this person or that person or have a great idea but that you could be uh, following? I mean, you never know where you're going to find support. That's right. And, and what you're doing is, is um, structuring a way for people to be ready because you never know. And so you get yourself in shape to go out in the world, whether you do it online or you, or, or you do it when you, when you go out shopping. If you're ready, you can take advantage of any kind of opportunity and your mindset is in place and you know how to put yourself forward. One other thing that I would say, you were asking before about how do you get people started. I talk about this in the book, this idea of acting, quote, as if, unquote. And this is really a process of taking a, a vision of the person uh, or the role that you're not doing yet, but acting as if you're already doing it. And what would that look like if you were living your life in this new area of expertise that you're developing, that you're learning, uh, live a day in those shoes. Uh, and uh, it will help you build a sense of potential, sense of possibility around this new idea. Or what you may find is that you need to go back and back to the drawing board and re-research this because maybe it's not resonating or maybe there's something that you need to go back and fix. Or maybe there's some more research that you need to do before you start to feel comfortable um, living and expressing yourself as this new person that you're going to become. I, I love that, John. You spend the time to, to think about the, the presence, the person, the product, the brand that you want to be and, and try it out in your head. And then um, you go a little further and you go out into the world and you act as if you're already there. And, and, and you can refine the vision and, and you can walk into it that way. Yep, absolutely. It's a practice. It's a, it's a practice makes perfect process. Yeah. And it it's, can be a very enjoyable process, I find. I think it sounds to me that you have had a great time reinventing yourself. And I, I think that that's the case with a lot of people. And, I, and your book is going to help them. The, the book, again, is Boomer Reinvention, How to Create Your Dream Career Over 50. And it's just full of all kinds of good information. And I, I think some of the thoughts about connecting and reframing are useful for people who are 30 years old and struggling where they are today. So I think it's a great career handbook. And I, I really appreciate you um, joining me today, John, and, and telling us some of the basics here. Thanks, Bev. It's been a pleasure. Today we've been talking with career coach John Tarnoff the author of the helpful new book, Boomer Reinvention. It's a roadmap for late career baby boomers. Today's career tip is to recognize that for most of us, 
retire isn't an attractive or maybe even a realistic option. So when you're looking into the future, start thinking about the meaningful, interesting, and maybe even lucrative things you'll be doing instead of retirement. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. (laughs) 